0: Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and I'm by myself again today. What do you know? Charles Chuck Thompson went to Florida, got engaged, and we have not seen him since. Uh, actually, what's happened is we're getting some crazy winter storms here in nashville we don't know how to handle just a little bit of snow or ice in the south which we'll talk about here in just a little bit Uh, we don't know how to handle it and so charlie has not been able to fly in he won't be here this week he's stuck in florida oh that has to be so so terrible so terrible if this is your first time listening to the show realize we normally have two people Two guys that have been best friends for like 17 years now, run some businesses together and sit in an office together, talking liberty and stonks all day. And we normally do the episodes with both of us today. It's just me. So we don't get that witty, sarcastic banter back and forth. But oh well. We have a few really important stories to talk about today. We'll talk about what's going on in Texas Got a cool story from Fee about Venezuela and a cool story from Reason about what Biden said about how drug users should not be in jail. Isn't that, if only he could do something about that, if if there were only something that he could do, I don't know. But first, let me tell you guys about Run Your Mouth Coffee. If you guys like coffee like I do, then get yourself some delicious bean goodness from Run Your Mouth Coffee RunYourMouthCoffee.com, that's, that's R-Y-M-Coffee.com. Sorry, I don't want to mess that up. So you know, you might know John Lines of Liberty, got a podcast called Finding Freedom, Ben Pangy Homesteads and Homeschools. All right, so two liberty-loving podcasters coming together to bring you guys some amazing coffee. So Ben and John have set out to bring fresh, roasted, delicious coffee to your doorstep and use these bold beans as a vehicle to promote uncensored speech. So the, the goal here is they're selling coffee, first off, selling really good coffee, okay? And they're also promoting free speech at the same time. Hey, the company is called Run Your Mouth Coffee, all right? They take your freedom to speak and express yourself seriously. All of their coffee is roasted to order. That means that you'll receive fresh roasted coffee at its peak flavor, all coffee varieties are available in both ground and whole beans. So if you don't got yourself a bean grinder, which I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do. I've never done it before. I've never ground my beans before. So I got to get that ground coffee. You can grab that. Use the promo code. Good morning. Just good morning. All one word for good morning. Liberty this is a podcast that you're listening to right now. So use the promo code. Good morning to get 10% off and free shipping. That's rymcoffee.com, where delicious coffee meets uncensored speech. I feel like that. I feel like that was pretty good, honestly. I, th- I think that went pretty well. So, the first thing we'll talk about here is what's going on in Texas. All right, I just decided I would choose that one first. So, obviously, a lot of people without power. It's a lot of people have died, literally people freezing to death, and I mean, just a terrible situation. Now, Texas doesn't normally get weather like what, what they're getting, Nashville doesn't normally get weather like what we're getting right now. We skipped a lot of the snow, but we got a lot of the ice. And ice is, is worse than snow. Plus, we're not as good at taking care of it. No one here knows how to drive on that stuff. Luckily, Charlie and I are from Illinois, so we know a little bit better. You know, I went to the grocery store earlier today, and the roads are still rough out there. The grocery store was packed. I don't know if you guys do this, but and I think this is interesting that everyone has to go out to the grocery store, right? To get their milk, bread, and eggs. That's what you got to get. You got to get your milk, bread, and eggs because those are things that you definitely eat on a daily basis. And if your power goes out, one out of three of those is going to stay in, in usable condition. But anyway, that doesn't matter. What's actually funny is that's what I was going to the grocery store for. But I feel like, I don't know if you guys ever think, you know, I was getting it because I need it. Other people are just getting it because they're crazy, Right. I actually use milk every day, and I eat eggs every single morning, and I make myself a sandwich every single So I needed the milk, bread, and eggs. Everyone else, they're just crazy prepper people that are, all this stuff's going to go bad, right? I don't know. I don't know what it is about snowstorms that make you want to get milk, bread, and eggs. But that's what I had to get today. And it took me like two hours because the roads were in bad condition, the lines were insane, and I will never do that again. But in Texas, they're going through a lot worse stuff. They haven't had any power. And that's not good. I remember when I was up in Illinois, we had an ice storm and I was like two weeks without power. We had a big generator out at the house. or you know, cables running into the house and all kinds of stuff like that. And that was mainly because so much ice had been all over the trees that limbs fell down, took out the power lines. Now that's a lot of what's happened in Texas. There is obviously massive controversy about who's to blame for this. Is it capitalism or socialism? Which one of these things? Is it Republicans or Democrats that's to blame for this? And on that one, the answer is yes, just so you know. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's capitalism, considering we have a a very largely regulated market there. Uh, you do have, I believe it's ERCOT, 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 E-R-C-O-T, ERCOT maybe, I don't know, And, uh, and, and so they basically run the grid. Texas is unique because they've got their own grid and ERCOT's kind of the air traffic controller of the grid. They don't actually own all the power supply and everything, but they, they run the show. So they're being blamed for this. And then also capitalism's being blamed for this. ERCOT is a private company. Now they do happen to be a nonprofit company. So maybe that's important. I don't know. And then a lot of people coming out saying that it's uh, the wind turbines that all froze up and everything and wind, wind power is just not reliable. You got to be careful saying stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of places that are really cold all the time that have wind turbines going all the time. If wind turbines were the issue, it would, it would actually be that they didn't do a good job de-icing them and, and keeping them going because a lot of places use wind turbines that have ice. All the time. So just be careful using that as the reason that this happened. There's a whole lot of bad things that all combine together to make this happen. And I've been digging through all types of stories to try and figure out what the best information on this actually was. And of course, everyone's very much uh, if you're if you're on the right, well, it's because green energy, is terrible and not sustainable and in these times and I think that's partly true and if you're on the left it's because of deregulation somehow and it's because the federal government would have fixed this all right and, and that's what would happen I think I think there's a combination of a of a lot of things happening sometimes bad things happen sometimes a state that rarely gets really bad weather like this like tons of ice like this can can get some ice And it can mess up, it can mess up the lines. You can take a lot of actual power lines down. That's been one thing that hasn't been mentioned a lot, But a a tree falling down or a limb falling down and taking out a power line will knock out the power to your house. Like that's something that will happen for sure. Um, I think there's been a lot of just trying to place blame on one single thing. But I can tell you one thing that can't be blamed here because we don't have it. which is free markets. You can't blame that. We don't have a free market here. All the power companies that are supplying power are all regulated, and they're all controlled by ERCOT, ERCOT. ERCOT does have state regulations over the top of it. Now they do get to get a, get away from the federal regulations because they've got their own power grid. So the best story I could find on this that I felt was, I don't know, <laughs> it was the most evenly stated. It wasn't just this one thing. Okay. Was actually from the New York Post. And that's kind of weird. All right. That's a little bit weird. I have one from Forbes that I was going to read, but it was very much like, we can't rely on green energy stuff. And hey, I'm, I'm down with that. And we'll go over just a little bit of that because I do think some of it was right. But I think we have a big combination of stuff going on right now. So it says deadly Texas power outages were caused by unique supply, not green energy. From the New York Post. Some of you guys might not agree with this, but I just want to kind of go down the middle on this because I don't think it's one thing other than trying to control markets centrally. I think that that's one thing. The deadly Texas power outages were likely caused by known flaws in a supply system unique to the to the Lone Star State and had nothing to do with conspiracies blaming green energy, according to experts. Now, the experts said this, okay? So, you know, it's true. Unlike the rest of the continental U.S., Texas is the only state to run its own standalone electricity grid, formed because of a distrust of federal interference. Hey, yeah, that's pretty good. According to the Austin American statesman. I guess that's a paper there. Yeah. That means the grid, operated by the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, ERCOT, is not subject to federal oversight and could not be forced to weatherize before the historic storm that left millions without power. This the unique structure also makes it impossible for the, for most of the Lone Star State to connect to other grids, unlike other states that are able to draw power from elsewhere during a crisis. Quote from the Associated Press, they don't have the infrastructure connected outside of Texas that might allow them to bring in imports of energy. From the Associated Press, there Governor Greg Abbott announced an investigation into the energy, into anything but reliable energy company. He said that it was a total failure by ERCOT. So it was going on here. They say it was an event with clear precedents with similar massive blackouts during frozen weather in 2011 and 1989. The Houston Chronicle noted after the 2011 storm, which left more than 3 million people without power, federal energy officials warned ERCOT that Texas power plants had failed to adequately weatherize facilities to protect against cold weather. A federal report noted that identical warnings went unheeded 22 years before that too. We need better insulation and weatherization at facilities and in homes. Michael Weber, an energy professor at the University of Texas, told the paper there's weakness in the system we haven't dealt with. And so then we go to some of the stuff with the wind energy and all of that. So this is a photo started going viral as people claimed it showed a chemical solution being applied to one of the massive wind generators in Texas. When in fact, this was a picture taken in Sweden years ago, the AP said. The conspiracies were quickly shot down by ERCOT itself which blame failures in natural gas, coal, and nuclear energy systems, not wind turbines and solar panels. So this is where I start to, this is where I think you you start to get a little, little bit of bias in here from people who want to protect the wind and the solar generation. Um, they start throwing out some statistics here. And when we go over this, it might sound complicated, but it's, it's pretty clear why the statistics would be this way. Because only 25% of their power comes from wind, okay? So 25% of their power comes from wind. So 75% of their power comes from gas, coal, and nuclear plants, 75% of the power. And so they tried to make the case that it wasn't the wind turbines failure that caused this because of the 45,000 total megawatts of power that were offline, 30,000 consisted of gas, coal, and nuclear plants and 15,000 came from renewable sources. So what that equates to is 66% of the failure of the failed power was from gas, coal, and nuclear plants, and 33% of the failed power was from the renewable sources. Now, that's actually an issue there because 75% of the power comes from thermal sources, and 66% of the failure was from thermal sources. 25%... Of the power comes from re- from renewable sources, but thirty three percent of the failure was from the renewable sources. So you can actually breaking down those numbers, you can see that the failure rate was higher with the renewable sources, but the total amount of failure was more with the thermal sources, which is clearly going to be the case because so much more of the power comes from those sources. So they're still trying to, uh, you know, fudge a little bit of numbers here at the end of it, but. All I really want to say on this is people on the left, what they want to do is the, the problem is there's no federal regulation and we didn't throw enough money at the renewable sources, right? AOC is out there saying that this is what happens when you don't have a green new deal, which is insane, but that's pretty much on par with what AOC does all the time, which is say insane things on Twitter and then make a whole lot of money from her expensive sweatshirts. So Throwing more money at the problem, as long as the money goes into the right places, like if they would have put more money towards uh, containers of de-icer and helicopters to apply it to the wind turbines, then yeah, or insulation to go around the gas lines, then yeah. Most of the time, throwing more money at stuff, it doesn't exactly go into making it more efficient or making sure that it's going to be as useful as possible, It ends up going to a a large bureaucracy. Okay, so I don't think that automatically, if we had the Green New Deal, everything would have been fine in Texas. That's kind of a crazy idea. But also, on, on the flip side of that, I don't think it was just the failure of the wind power. There was also a failure of the gas, of the natural gas, because they didn't have the lines insulated properly. So it does sound like they actually just failed to prepare for the storm. That's really what it was. They didn't prepare for something like this happening. so something you got to figure out who is the blame for that. Well, once again, your people on the left who hate capitalism and hate privatization and hate deregulation, all this kind of stuff, what they're going to do is they're going to decide that it's capitalism that is to blame. It's privatization that is to blame. And I don't think that that is the answer either, because you do have a Massive corporation that runs the grid, that is a nonprofit corporation. First off, so it's not as if they're they're trying to squeak out some more profits for for their shareholders or anything. Okay, so they're they're a nonprofit corporation. Now, nonprofit. I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast knows that doesn't mean that people who run the company don't make a lot of money. What that means is that you don't keep the profits. <laughs> you know, you got to reinvest those profits. The money ends up going to, to pay for higher salaries for people who work for it a lot of times. And you get to call yourself a nonprofit. I don't like nonprofits myself. I mean, I'm fine with things being nonprofit. And I know that that's a way to get away from taxation and things like that. Um, I don't like the idea of nonprofits. I don't like nonprofits when it comes to charities. I think charities should be ran for profit because I think people do the most efficient job when something's being ran for profit. And I think if the people that were doing the work at the charity and the people who are running the charity were able to make profits off of it and reap a really big reward, that you'd actually have more money going to charity and they would find a better way to take care of the people that they're trying to take care of. That's just my I don't I don't think that nonprofit is a way to take care of things that are very important. And that's what we typically see. This thing is very important. So we're we're gonna run it nonprofit. That's a completely backwards idea. Yes, that goes all the way down the charity for me. This thing is very important for people. It must be nonprofit. That makes no sense when it comes to all the free market for profit ideas that we talk about all the time. Okay. So if you want to fix one thing, make ERCOT a for-profit company and they'll make sure that they don't ever mess up their job i think that's one thing we can do okay and you're just seeing that you have one massive thing that's trying to regulate and operate all of these systems in this massive state and they failed to prepare for something that's just just seems plain and simple right there they didn't prepare for what happens if it gets really really cold for a long time that they didn't prepare for that. And they're going to have to learn from it. They're going to have to, they're going to have to do better. And if it were a company that were for profit, I think they would do better, a better job at learning from that. That's all I'm saying. All right. So I hope everyone's staying safe down there. Hope everyone's staying safe here in Nashville. I hope Charlie, I hope it's raining every day in Florida, Charlie. I Sincerely mean that. No, I don't. I hope it's fun kind of. All right, next story from fee.org. This is really crazy. Speaking of privatization, all right, Bloomberg, Venezuela turns to privatization after being bankrupted by socialism. Early in 2007, after winning a second six-year term as president, Hugo Chavez announced his plan to nationalize Venezuela's largest telecommunications company hinting at wider nationalization plans to come. Quote from Chavez, all that was privatized, let it be nationalized, who had ran under uh, under the banner of democratic socialism. Nearly a decade and a half on the brink of mass famine, nearly a decade and a half later on the brink of mass famine and growing energy crisis, Venezuela is now moving in the opposite direction. This is kind of this is crazy. Now, they're not going to make a big public statement about this, of course. According to Bloomberg News, Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro has quietly begun transferring state assets back into the hands of private owners in an effort to reverse the country's economic collapse. What do you know? This reminds me of Russia's economic economic stimulus plan, which was to let the business owners out of prison. that's that's kind of what it reminds me of. Quote, saddled with hundreds of failed state companies and an an economy barreling over the cliff, Venezuelan government is abandoning socialist auction by offloading key enterprises to private investors, offering profit in exchange for a share of revenue or products. How about that? The transfer, which was not announced publicly, but was confirmed by nine people with knowledge of the matter reportedly includes dozens of coffee processors, grain silos, and hotels that were confiscated as part of Venezuela's widespread nationalization that began under Chavez. So in 1950, let's go through a little bit of what happened there in Venezuela. In 1950, Venezuela is one of the most prosperous nations in the world. It ranked among the top 10 in GDP per capita and had a labor force with higher productivity than the United States in 1950. Venezuela's economic growth began to stall in the mid-1970s. However, it nationalized the petroleum sector, which resulted in a surge of government revenue and public spending. It's estimated that Venezuela brought in $7.6 billion in 1975, which is $37 billion in today's dollars. How about, how about that for some inflation? billion in 2021 dollars. It led to an unprecedented surge of public spending. The Venezuelan government spent more from 74 to 79 than in its entire previous history as a country in those five years. 1998, Venezuelans voted in Chavez, a populist and self-described Marxist. He was re-elected in 2000 and in 2006, at which point he began to nationalize various sectors of the economy, including agriculture, the steel industry, transportation, and mining and confiscating more than a 1,000 companies, farms, and properties. Hmm. It's uh, the capitalists are to blame for what, and the CIA, actually. I bet the CIA forced him to do this. That's actually what it was. At the time of Chavez's death, his socialist policies were heralded by Salon as an economic miracle. But in reality, the Venezuelan economy was already in a free fall. By January 2016, the country was on the verge of complete economic collapse not long after the Venezuelan government abandoned any pretense of being a democratic regime. To date, it's believed that more than 5 million Venezuelans have fled the country to escape. And so what are they going to do to fix this? What what are are they going to do? They're going to uh, allow some of these companies to be ran privately. They're what they're actually going to be doing, uh, which feed later points out in the article is entering into a, a bit of a profit share agreement. They're gonna allow them to be ram to be rammed privately. The government's gonna take a share of it pretty much. And what you're actually moving towards here is away from socialism and towards economic fascism. It's actually what's happening. And while that's while that's still not good, this could it's it's better than what's happening right now. It could actually lead to some investment. It could lead to more people starting businesses. It could lead to more people with money investing into their economy. And so this is, a, this is a good thing that needs to happen. And, of course, no one, no one on the left is going to mention this whatsoever at all. Just like they didn't mention the collapse of Venezuela. They're real, real heavy on talking about Venezuela when it was this socialist paradise. And then when it collapsed, it was, a, you know, just a, just an economic downturn, you know, those happen. That's, that's what, I, it had nothing to do with any other policies at all. And you're not gonna hear from anyone telling you that now they're going to switch to allowing more people in an, in an effort to save their economy and to save the lives of the people who live there, that they're going to start allowing people to privately own these businesses. I, I think it's pretty cool. And I'm interested in seeing what comes from it. Guys, I also got to tell you about, real quick, betterhelp.com. Go to betterhelp.com slash gml. If you're having a problem feeling happy, or finding that meaning in your life. Sometimes you find the meaning and you still don't feel any better whatsoever. Maybe, maybe you got some problems that you need to talk to someone about. That is why we are recommending betterhelp.com. If you go to betterhelp.com slash gmail, you're going to save 10% off on your first month. But what this is, is a, this is an app or a website. You can get the the app on the phone. You can go to the website and you're going to find a licensed therapist. You'll fill out some questions. They're going to find someone that meets your needs. If you're dealing with anxiety, depression, you got relationship problems. You need someone to talk to you about any number of things. Then you're gonna be able to get paired up with someone with a licensed therapist on this nice secure platform where you where you can do video chat, you can do texting, you can just do phone calls, whatever you want to do. So it's a really, really cool app that I could not recommend anymore. It is very important, very important. I've I've talked to people before about my issues. Charlie uses the app. Not enough, but he's on it. And so Charlie uses it. And if you guys I think maybe you benefit, you know what, you would benefit. I was going to say, if you think you would benefit, then you need to do it, but you would benefit from talking to someone about these issues. So go to betterhelp.com slash GML and you get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash GML. All right, the last thing we're going to talk about here, and I'll save some of this. I'll save some of it for tomorrow. I'll save some of Biden's town hall for tomorrow. But one thing he said during the town hall that really bothered me, and luckily I went over the reason.com and they had a real nice article written up about it already. So he was talking to someone and he said that drug users shouldn't be jailed, that they shouldn't be. No one should go to jail for the use of a drug. President Biden told Americans during a televised Q&A session on Tuesday night. So he's right about that. But why isn't he going to do anything about it? He doesn't have to wait for an act of Congress. This is one thing where Biden sometimes says, well, we got to change the legislation on it. We got to wait for a change in the legislation. I think that there are times, by the way, where, uh, of course, if you are doing something uh, that is going to be uh, requiring the liberties of the people to be forcefully taken away from them, then you might as well have the people representing the people vote on the issue and not do that as a dictator. Uh, If you have people that have all had a bunch of liberties taken away from them against their will, and they're being held in prison camps around the country because they had a plant or they had a powder that the government deemed that you would not be able to have, then I think you can come in and you can let those people out of prison. And I don't think that that's overstepping your constitutional authority because the legislators haven't legislated that we shouldn't have people in prison camps anymore. Okay, there's some, uh, it's really annoying to me that at this time, he's like, well, we got to wait for the legislation on it. Yeah, we got to see what the the people in Congress do. No, screw that. You got people being held in prison camps, man. All right, because they had a plant. Okay, let them go. You can do it. You can do it with a stroke of a pen, all right? You can do it with a pen and a phone, if you want to, all right? So I'll go through the article here. Biden, if Biden really believes what he said and wants to do something about it, he has a myriad of options. Instead, he talks a good game on decriminalizing drugs while doing nothing of consequence. For a first step, Biden could absolve prisoners serving time in federal facilities for using criminalized drugs. The president needn't wait until his term is up to issue pardons and clemencies. Why not not start freeing victims of the U.S. war on drugs right now? Exactly. Yeah. Biden could also encourage members of Congress and leaders in this party to introduce and support measures that could help end America's failed, discriminatory, and disastrous drug war. These could include moving marijuana from Schedule 1 of the Controlled Substances Act a category supposedly reserved for exceptionally dangerous drugs with no accepted medical use. to so Schedule 2, which in the case the drug has a high abuse potential but can be used as a medicine, might facilitate research. So those, okay, so I'm still going to, I'm going to break off of here. Still saying he could ask Congress to do some of these things. If he comes out and he lets all these people out of prison, if he, if he does that, that's going to stop the drug war at that time. Okay, because what's not going to, you know what's not going to happen? Prosecutors and people around the country are not going to waste their time trying to put people in prison for these things anymore. Because if you start a policy that says, you know what, I'm just going to release every single person that gets put in prison for a drug crime, every one of them. They're not going to waste their time doing it anymore, all right? So you, gotta, you don't got to wait for Congress to do anything. And yes, I think it's okay to go around Congress on this one. Because you're talking about giving liberty and freedom back to people. You're not removing liberty away from people, like what most things come out of Congress and executive orders. You're giving freedom and liberty back to people. You've taken it away. The federal government and state governments have taken it away. And the one job of the federal government is supposed to be to protect your liberties that you were born with. And they say it here in the in the constitution, this thing that people like to use as a political weapon whenever it suits their needs. You know, it says that they're going to protect your rights. Okay. And so if there's one job that people in the federal government have, is to make sure that people don't have their liberties taken away from them. And right now, state and federal governments are taking it away from them. And that needs to be stopped. All right. I'm going to end it right there because I'm by myself and i don't get to go back and forth with charlie and we fight about stuff no that's not what happens we generally agree on every single thing but i told you what i care about today and i didn't do a show uh, over the last couple of days because honestly i i took a little took a little time off from the politics and it felt good but you know what there's some important stuff that needs to be talked about and if if we're not going to talk about it then then who's going to do it All right. Well, there's a bunch of other good libertarian podcasts out there, but uh, this is the best one. So that's what you got to tell your friends. Go to patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty, patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty. You can join the private discord server, get access to our live shows. We haven't been able to be live this week and that's Charlie's fault and he's sorry. All right. But we're going to be back normal, same Liberty time, same Liberty place next week. All right. So if you tell your friends, you join the Patreon, tell people that you don't like, tell people that you do like, that they need to go listen to Good Morning Liberty. You leave a rating review, do all that stuff. I'll be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning Liberty.